Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. All right, we started it up, you two. All right, here we are. Uh, who's doing it? Let's uh, let's start to Sarah. Ooh, Sarah. Okay, surprise. Uh, hello, <laughs> welcome to Legacy Matters. We never say the name of the podcast. If you if you're you listening know, to it, you're presumably. Listening to, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I was just listening to our Good former, point. like our second podcast we did, Halloween and Doppelgangers, Jim, which is still my favorite, and we just launched into a bunch of nonsense. We didn't yeah. introduce ourselves. Yeah, we're we just talking we crazy. Were. We're just talking. I'm so excited for Halloween. So am I. Anyway, welcome, Legacy Matters, Sarah, Sam, and Jim, as usual. A big thank you to all of our listeners who've taken the time to listen. If you've listened for a full episode, love it. Keep yeah, going. There's me. a lot more there for everybody. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much. You know, follow us Facebook. We're Andalin App, um, Instagram, Twitter. We were even on Pinterest. You guys know that? I did not. We know have that. some really I, I nice Pinterest boards, Jim. I- Really? A little bit of the Andalin app. So thank you very much. Um, you know, if you have the moment, have a moment, take the time to rate us and leave a quick review. All right. So. Uh, subscribe. That helps subscribe. us out. Subscribe, absolutely. Yep. And if you want to reach us uh, for any reason, what, how would they do that? Info at LegacyMattersPodcast.com. Have we gotten an email from anybody yet? Yes, yes we have. Dan Israel. Yes, we have. Okay. Yep. So if you it. want to be a guest, uh, or you, you know can, someone, who or you know someone who should be a guest, be a guest absolutely yeah. reach out through yeah. through that. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Okay, Sarah, where are we? Oh, there you go. Well, we're at the Hewing Hotel. Okay. So oh, there we go. There Jim's, we go. <laughs> Jim's the guy who forgot Jim's to turn Siri. his ringer off. <laughs> at the Hewing Hotel in downtown Minneapolis. And we're live. And we're live. live. We're here in the lobby and just kind of soaking in the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. So if you hear the uh, clinking of glasses and the rustling of bags. Some suitcase and, and whatnot. Yeah. This is. Uh, we're so kind of out in the mix. Big thanks to the Hewing for letting us do this, uh, and really the reason we're here at the Hewing, which if you don't know what the Hewing is, it's in the North Loop in Minneapolis. Um, they've got a restaurant, a bar, rooftop, and a rooftop space, and it's a hotel, uh, and it's a fantastic place. They've got beautiful great architecture. Great artwork, Patrick Pryor, who's been yep. on our show. Yep. Yep, yep. great Patrick. artwork. So there's there's all of that, and uh, we are here today because uh, for a special reason. We are here mm-hmm. for a special reason. We've got they've got a rooftop series of concerts that they do, and a past guest of ours and a friend of the show, Faith Boblet. Uh, Hi, Faith. Is Hi, putting Faith. on a show tonight. Hi. Yep. Hi. <laughs> and she's here with her dad, who is also playing. Yeah. Yes, the fabled Paul, Paul Bob. The fabled. Fabled. <laughs> fabled. I'm serious. We should do an index of all the times you've been mentioned on the show. It yeah. Is, it is really funny that, uh, you know, you're, so you're a bass player. That's so I am a bass player. Yes. Welcome, guys. Paul, the bass player, the way. Yeah, so welcome. bass players get me. very little love, right? I mean, True. Well, that's industry. not true. Well, I don't, I don't mean that in the sort of way that you meant that, Jim. I True. meant that. <laughs> oh, and I think Jim's correct. Yeah. I mean, but look at Nikki Six. I, I get oh. it. I mean, I let's it. just 
<laughs> he probably was a well-liked guy. All the bass players. Right. Hey, you <laughs> know, that's what we're going with crew anytime we can. <laughs> Jim always goes crew if he can. Right. Um, what I, I've, I lost my train of thought a little bit, but what I what I meant to say was that uh, bass players don't always get the recognition they're, they're due, right? Right. It, it's true. And, and you know, everybody looks, everybody's listening to the singer. Um, people love a great guitar solo. People love a drum solo, um, and the it, it, bass players are we're, we're generally no drama. We mm-hmm. try to be no drama. Mm-hmm. I think that's a conscious thing, but I also think it's part of the subconscious of being the bass player, right? Because we're we're there to support. You know, it's there to support the song and to support the vocal line or whatever it is that, that's uh, that's happening at the time, or the drum solo. Okay, so of, <laughs> the of drum solo, all yes. the bass players, though. Uh, the love that you get from the local music community, and we're talking about a lot of people who've had, you know, relatively successful careers. Mm-hmm. Your name gets brought up a lot. That's so. That's you very be, sweet. That's yeah. very sweet to hear and flattering. Yep. There's uh, and and very kind things are said about you. It's I'm weird because he's melting. a total jerk. He's a total jerk, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. No, that's, that's, very, that's really nice to hear. Um, there's a lot of great there's a lot of great musicians in town, a lot of great artists, and and to feel I, I want to say across the state because I don't live here anymore in Minneapolis and St. Paul. I, right. I moved up north uh, 17 years ago, and but to to kind of come back here after re-entering the music business, so to speak, I've gotten nothing but love and. And um, I have a lot of love for people. It's uh, it's kind of like I never left in a lot of ways. And um, that's the the people that I'm able to work with. I'm super fortunate that uh, I've gotten to play a lot of venues after age 50 that I would have loved to have played when I was in my 20s and 30s. Right. So let's put it that way. It's just been it's been super rewarding. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh that's good to hear. And I, we had uh, Dan Israel on the other day, and he was sort of talking about what it is to be an older musician. And uh, I don't know. I would say that it, it sounds to me like there's a kind of life after that initial spurt where you're working so hard at it. There's still room out there for, for you to do things. There's, there's always room. And I think part of that is the aging process that as a, as a creative type, you, you don't want to stop, but you have to pick your spots I think when you when you become a parent when you have to get real about money um, those are two kind of conjoined <laughs> that things. seems to be a, uh, it's a uh, universal kids aren't cheap yeah. universal yeah <laughs> and and you can't you can't just take off you can't just go I'm gonna go on tour for three weeks or right. a month or six weeks or whatever um, responsibilities change and I actually quit music when we moved up north I just kind of shut it all down for a couple of years and was able to and it was recharging in a way and I got re I got kind of reintegrated into it when Faith started playing and asked if I would be your bass player for a while and I said sure you know it's fun um and the next thing you know I got got reconnected to a lot of people in the making of her first record Mm -hmm. um I actually called some friends and and asked if they would help with with the recording of it and that was kind of a reintroduction to old relationships that, that have now become pretty fruitful and really enjoyable. That has to be very fulfilling for you. 
incredibly, mm-hmm. incredibly. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the luckiest. I feel like I'm super lucky mm. all the time. So, yeah. So, I mean, you guys are, are, have been playing together, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I mean, this is quite nice, you know, yeah. father, really daughter. Yeah, we have a cool relationship. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not normal. I don't know what normal is anyway, mm, it's really. It's not normal. Yeah. But it's, but it's, <laughs> it's really not. interesting. You know, we've, we've been able to perform together for, for, what is this? I'm tw- 12 years. 42 now? Well, no. For, yeah, I'm 42. <laughs> 42 yeah, years. You, no, you look tw- all You know, 10, 11 years. Pretty seriously. More than that. Oh, seriously. Pretty seriously for yeah, the last Yeah, 10 years. Eight, 10 years. Eight, 10 years. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting now because I was, I'm, I'm 57. And I'm a little older than some of my peers. And so when we had kids, we were kind of like the first, Joanne and I were kind of the first of our group to have kids. And now I'm seeing other friends of ours that, that are, you know, 10, maybe 10 years younger. They're having kids and their kids are starting to get into music. And it's just amazing. It's so cool to watch. And, and I get to live through that all over again with Faith vicariously through them. And there's so many talented young artists in town here across the state that it just blows my mind how, how incredibly talented some of these young people are. And nobody knows what they're doing in the business. Nobody knows how it works anymore. It's just <laughs> right. kind of throwing, everybody's kind of throwing stuff at the wall. And, and um, so it was a, uh, a moment where um, a bass player had asked in a, in a Facebook group, I'll just evils of social media but, <laughs> but there's a there's actually a really cool place for minnesota bass players to hang out mm-hmm. on, on facebook it's a private group and and um somebody said how do i how do i get my kid engaged in performing and and you know how do i introduce them what's the best way to introduce them into music and uh my for, i was the, i got to be the first one to respond and i said to urge them not to get involved with music <laughs> mm-hmm. Because because it's impossible. I mean, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. But it is reverse psychology yeah. too. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I looked I was thinking about this today about you, Faith. Mm. That we never pushed you to do it was all No, in fact sorry, go ahead. On that well, no, I was saying in. it's one of those things where you push you you're a stage parent and you push your kids to do stuff or they're gonna rebel and they're not gonna wanna do it. Yeah, absolutely. And not that we didn't want you to pursue music, but we just we enabled, but we didn't and we encouraged, but I don't think we ever never pushed no, in any fa- way. I think any of I your used kids. to say, like, why weren't you guys stage parents? What the heck? <laughs> yeah, can we move to Could Nashville? We, well, I think I did ask that, and you were you like, did. yeah, good one. I'm not going to have Yeah. But I don't know, because I feel like I'm 28, you know, not 42. Not 42. Um, not that there's anything wrong with 42. Yeah, because look around 42. the table. Before you knock the 42-year-olds. I'm not for, Well, you didn't have me when you were 15. Because if you're 57 and I was yeah, 42, right. yeah. just throwing yeah, that yeah. out there. Right. Yeah. But anyhow, um, education. I felt like it took yeah. a long time to get to where I am now, but it felt like organic. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still like, you know, where am I? I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. It's not about like fame or money or success. That's not why I play music. But it used to be why I wanted to. And mm-hmm. I attribute that to my dad and my mom to just not 
pushing and not like giving in to some of the things. Like I was like, I want to audition for Star Search. I'm gonna try out for American Star Idol. Star Search, yes. Well, remember that's, when that's it came back? Yeah. So, so you yeah. wanted to do that? Yes. Though. When uh, I was younger. And, 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 and we all remember when it didn't come back when it was, it was just the there original, for the first time. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was weird. I don't so know. did you ask your parents? Then? I think so, and I think I just never really got the my stuff together to do it. Because I, remember, I think that I you guys would have left. I like an American Idol audition in Chicago, and uh, the next thing. Well, but I could. And you were like, "I'm going." And no. Like, You're 15, and well, I couldn't. You know, so they, a, the age, the and, age. Right. Oh, okay. But then by the time I could, I was writing my own music. I was like, I don't want to win a karaoke that. competition. Not you to downplay that, but well, that's what it is in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, I'm glad that Can I, I uh, didn't ask yeah. only because uh, my sister's over here. I was just thinking of you know my father is very very into music he still is and I remember growing up a lot of Crosby Stills and Nash um, the Beatles do you have memories of that with records or CDs whatever of music that really influenced you that really influenced me I don't know if it or at least a memory of totally the Beatles was they were always on XTC Mm -hmm. it's a huge band my dad is like Big fan. That's we do be a XTC. nice segue. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna, oh, talk, we gonna about we'll that. talk about that. So, but that was on all the time. I remember, like, we took swimming lessons before we moved to the cab, and we'd like to be driving home. And what was the one that was Lost Star? Or, yeah, Lost Star was always on in the car, and we were all like, like all three of us. And strange little kids in fruit yeah. seeing. We're like, we like this music, British and everyone's music. like, what? <laughs> but also, like, I mean, Etta James, Bonnie Raitt, mm-hmm. Sheryl Crow. Which Cheryl Crow is like my idol. I love her. I just want to be her. Cheryl? Yeah. If you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening. We, I think we've, we've uh, tried to get her in. Sam before. reached out to Cheryl Crow. We, actually. Uh, Laserbeak. Yeah, what was it? Oh, Laserbeak wants to, her to officially and forever for eliminate one right. of her songs. That, just from the canon. It just like it's from gone. From the Cars Kids movie? Or something. Yeah. The Cars movie? It's yeah, because he's, heard it, he's oh. heard it too many times because Funny. his kid watched Cars. Cars 100 too many times. And I know exactly the song he's talking about because it, it's burned into my mind too. But. Yeah. I don't know that one as well. So when, did, when did you get your own instrument, Faith? 16. Oh. 16? Mm. Yeah, the Your day, very my very own, my mm. guitar, my Martin. I got on my, not on my 16th birthday, a week Actually, before. Actually, 15th. 15th, sorry. Oops. And you got your, you got I'm the, so the old, I can't apple. remember anything. <laughs> you had a Candy Apple Squire Stratocaster. Oh, you're right, I was 13. 13. But so I don't play that guitar anymore. I have it. But so, yeah, you're right, I lied. So I got that for Christmas <laughs> when I was 13. But my first guitar that, like, I picked out was the Martin the, yeah. the day before or the day I auditioned for Purpich the day before the day before I auditioned for Purpich I still I'm playing That's, it tonight I love that thing so can you get a guitar the day before you audition for something and, and play that guitar with confidence the next day I did that time you did yeah well yeah. I guess that was the only because <laughs> I got my telly for Christmas too mm-hmm. it's I sound spoiled and it's because I am <laughs> <laughs> speaking well, of inst- you know of instruments I I yeah, you can you can get a new instrument and jump right in. Okay, Remember, I've, I've done that multiple times. I've, I've just always <laughs> wondered that if, if like yeah, we don't you're know. better off with an old friend or right. if like a, the new shiny new one is just fine too. I, I guess it would depend. It I mean, depends you on. Can... For, yeah, I've got multi, I've got a lot of instruments, and I I brought my 35 year old friend, that's, friend that I've had for well <laughs> since 1982. I've had it, so it's a, it's a very old friend. So I have a, I have a twelve and a ten year old, uh, two boys, twelve and ten, uh, and my 
12-year-old when he was, uh, probably two years ago, when he was 10, asked for a guitar. And I think because I'm not, I'm not a musician, um, the assumption is that like you can't, you can't get into it when you're after the age of 15 or something. Like you have to get into it earlier than that to get to it. And now I'm finding out from talking to all these musicians that no, a lot no. of people mm-hmm. don't really pick it up until they're 16, 17, 18 and years old. And some people don't pick it up until they're in their 30s or yeah. 40s. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I mean, it's 16. easier to learn yeah. when you're You're young. around 16 when you was about 16. I, I went yes. to a party, went to a keg party. Oh, God. And uh, my bu- one of my buddies from high school was playing in the band. They were all, I knew all of them, but I was like, man, they, they didn't have a bass player. Oh. And I was just like, it's just sitting on the couch and just going, man, that looks like so much fun. And to make noise, you know, yeah. and to, to make older people upset. That looked really <laughs> fun to me. So that's your entry into the that bass That was my world. entry. And so huh. I, I gave my buddy a ride home that yeah. night. And I said, how come you guys don't have a bass player? And, and he's like, well, you should. And so... That's all it takes. That's all it That's takes. It. An invitation. That encouragement to go. And, yeah. and my brother Tom was a bass player, uh, 11 years older than I am. Um, and he took me over to B-Sharp Music on Central, which is no longer there. And for many years was reputedly mafia-owned. Okay. Uh, you never know where the instruments were actually coming from. They were brand new. And they were very shiny and nice, and the prices were great. Um, anyway, I bought, I bought a bass there and... and uh, embarrassed myself a few times playing in front of people and then got serious and realized that I loved it that much that I, I wanted to put in the effort to and I think that's the hard thing I remember when you were going through it Faith learning how teaching yourself how to I mean, we gave you a chord book and we showed you a couple of things and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. off you went and through your Beatles songbook Beatles songbook but everybody the thing that's hard that is thing. and that's hard as a parent cool. to to kind of guide through is that everybody sucks anything everything selling a house or fixing a car or trying to play a bar chord yep. everybody oh, sucks at, at some point there's I a few people that don't bar sport well you said bar chord and and when you I got nervous because uh, I didn't I've Bar sports are just my thing. Like every single one I picked up immediately. <laughs> it's an it's old joke. Anyway. Sarah rolls her eyes. Well, I'm going to change that. <laughs> can, we, can we fix that in post? Yeah, I love it. Paul, where did you grow up? I was born in Minneapolis, and when I was four, my parents moved to Edina. Oh, okay. And so oh. I had a big a, move. Yeah, it was a big move. Yeah. And um, it's it's not the Edina of now, that is for sure. Right. Um, I drove by the old house that we grew up in. It was a rambler. It was good size. We had five kids. We had a big family. Um, so the, the rambler was, you know, kind of an, a larger city-style rambler. Yep. And the, this is old Edina. And, and I drove through, and, and the house is gone. It's this beautiful, oh. you know, house. So the whole neighborhood is basically gone. Oh, yeah. It's very yep. modest homes. The thing that was... The difference back then about Edina was just that the lots were bigger. You know, the right. house was maybe not on a on a fifty or seventy five foot lot. It was on a hundred and fifty or two hundred foot lot. Not anymore. It's not anymore. No yeah. the house The house that's there now is it's the whole neighborhood is full of McMansions and it's all these beautiful old school warrior housing. It's gone. Yeah. And um, that's sad to me. And I. I <laughs> you t- hey we we absolutely destroy crystal where where james is from all the time and we don't we do it lovingly is the iron horse still there unfortunately it's not and you're talking to a guy who lived at the iron so one thing (laughs) thing i was was listening to your your conversation with aaron about the iron horse and um, 
And the Wax Museum and Robinsdale. The Wax Museum, yeah, and uh, all those, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, the, the thing I remember about the Iron Horse was going there for happy hour after work, meeting somebody there, and walking in, and between, like, 4 and 7, it was strip joint. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, he <laughs> said, hey, come meet me at the Iron Horse, and I walk in, and I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it was a strip bar, and then and then it night. turned heavy metal bar at night. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. did they have a stage, like a jutting out stage or something? Mm-hmm. The, or ban- the dancers just... danced right on the bar. All right. Yeah. They had yeah. like uh, high top, long yeah. high top sure. tables. It was incredibly awkward and <laughs> it was painful. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't there was good. nothing. It was pretty. That I sounds don't know. like BJ's in, uh, in, in Northeast. Northeast, yeah, pretty, a little bit. Pretty, except for except for it was <laughs> the days that I were there were all it was glam metal was so big. I mean, it was all of that. So yeah. I mean, we were there quite a well. Bit. The reason so. I mentioned Crystal was to uh, I don't think that it's unfair for you to tear apart Edina <laughs> if that's what you want to do. That's what I was no, getting at. I, Go I ahead. They deserve really... it just the same as the people in Crystal. And no, you're, you're right. And, and and I think all... you're, you're mourning the loss of something I'm, that I'm was important to you. sad about the yeah. house. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty Disney, I mean, Disneyland-like childhood. My parents, my family stayed together. We, we had good relationships. Everybody, you know, there's always some crap going on with one of the kids, but always. Um, <laughs> that that's normal. Um but I, the the sense of loss that I feel for that whole area is just sure. like wow these these houses they, you know and, yeah. and, I, and what I was the other part of it was when we moved there in 1966 I don't remember those first few years but um, I think that there were some you know there's always that attitude of towards that place. Uh, of you know the cake eaters that all that stuff right the hoity-toity every day yeah. the attention and there, yeah. were, there were a lot of people like that and uh, it's interesting I had good friends in like you know elementary and junior high and then once high school hit I kind of became a loner I kind of like sought out the music the weird music kids and yeah. we were a very small group because you weren't supposed to do that in Edina. Right. You just, that's, so you know. did you form bands then in mm-hmm. high school and play like in the garage and played practice? In the garage. And we played all the 7th and 8th grade dances. We yeah. played uh, oh. as we, when we were seniors in high school, we played all the Sadie Hawkins, the homecoming, all that stuff. Was, we always got hired to do that stuff. Yeah. What was the name of the band? Um, the Mel Breezy Band. The what? The the, the, <laughs> the Say it again. The Mel Breezy Band. The Mel Breezy. Mel, Mel like name. No, that's Melanie. This guy's name. Mel Breezy. He owned a trucking company that one of the guy's dads worked for. Okay. I mean, I don't know why we thought it was the funny. Mel Breezy Band. It is that's funny, actually. That's really not. I kind of like it. No. Should it was we, fitting. Okay. Should we be the Mel Breezy Band tonight on the Human Hotel That's okay. I think that's. I think it's lived. I think it lived. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's okay to put wisdom and maturity right there. It's okay to put that one away. You got it, you're the star. Hey, I don't need to be. You can sing all the songs to me. <laughs> no, thank you. My voice is kind of tired. <laughs> okay, so you guys, so how did your career evolve in all this? How did you, um, how did this happen? Oh, music? Yeah. Um, well, I, and then we can get I, into the paper. And I mean, oh, you kind of have a, like a, a variety a, I could of go stuff. on. I mean, okay, I, well, we'll appreciate it. How much time do we have? Okay, so long We've story short, I last, I... I, um, high school, a couple months before I was set to graduate, I, to the shock of my family and 
probably some of my friends at the time. I just dropped out of high school. Mm. I just said, I'm done. I can't. I, I didn't feel like I ever really fit in there. Once I hit, like, age 15, mm. it just became this whole, we used to call it the dome. It's like, yeah. the, you know, it's this bubble yeah. of, a, of a city that's, you know, kind of self-fulfilling. And, and um, I just never really felt like I fit in there. And um, so I dropped out of high school and got my, I had my GED the next day, and I was working. And I realized that I really just wanted to play music. But that was and back, that was back in 1979. So you could you could actually make a living being a working stiff musician. You know, making three or four hundred bucks a week, playing six nights a week, seven nights a week, either playing the clubs in the Twin Cities because everybody had bands, or you'd hit the road and play the hotel lounge circuit or the rock circuit, or sometimes they were intermingled. So and. Uh, I lasted. I, I realized that I wanted to play music, and I joined. I took my brother's place in his band. He had his first son, and um, or his son, I should say. And uh, he decided that kids and rock and roll was not a good mix. So he's like I said, he's a little over, a little older than ten years older than me. I went from playing with eighteen-year-olds and seventeen-year-olds to playing with twenty-eight to thirty-four-year-olds. Right. So as an 18 year old, 17 year old, 18 year old kid, um, we played the Longhorn, we played Zoogies, we played the Entry, we played Ryan's Corner, we played down in Owatonna, we played all these like divey places and also um, a lot of really cool places. We were staples at the upper deck right. uh, because we had the PA and the lights. So <laughs> I got to see Curtis A at age 18 and just was blown away and snaps and all these amazing bands um it was pre-replacements pre yeah right it was loud fast rules it wasn't soul asylum it was uh it was a kind of the precursor to the explosion of the 80s and there was it was really cool because there were all these bands that were like working bands you know doing the cover thing but then they start writing their own material based on what was happening in the day and it was new wave and it was it was you know a lot of experimented a lot of experimental music and uh you'd go and you'd see these bands or they'd come in and play and they'd be wearing uniforms but they'd be playing the weirdest mm. shit you can imagine because they were right. like we're free we don't have to play right. we don't have to play crystal gale tunes or whatever the song of the day was um it was a really interesting time uh, in in Minneapolis music, and that was back at the I, when we were at the entry. I was like talking to the sound guy. And I said, "The stage used to be over there." He's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> where the bar is? Yeah, that's where the stage yeah, was. Yeah. And there was chicken wire everywhere, and chicken people wire. would throw stuff at the bands. It was really an exciting, very exciting time. So uh, during that time, um, when when the band you were playing with would come in, was there inevitably someone? Because the drinking age would have been eighteen. It had just turned. It had just. It was eighteen and turned, and then it turned to. So you'd have been grandfathered. I was grandfathered in. Yeah, but but was there still someone who's like, wait a minute, who's the kid? Kind of. Yeah. Because I was playing. I was playing with older guys. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Someone else said, "Who's this kid?" (laughs) Remember? Oh. My mom. Yeah, that's. I picked up that one. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I I picked up on that one too. Who's the kid? Yeah, who's Who's the kid? Who's that kid? Who's that guy? So, so at that point, um, I was immersed in playing in this band and and working various crappy jobs in Minneapolis to support myself as best I could. And um, I realized that maybe I should go to school. Maybe I should become an audio engineer because that way I can marry making money with. That's what they don't tell you when you 
sign up for audio engineer school. There's no such thing as a job. Um, the, Don't be fooled, people. I lasted. I got. I went to. I enrolled in Brown Institute down on Lake Street, and and was killing it. Had great grades, and then nine, uh, about I think it was five months into it, I just kind of woke up one day and I went, I'm done. I can't. This is not for me. Um, so I pulled out city pages and circled a bunch of bands that were looking for bass players and working bands that were that was a salary and uh, started going to auditions and I showed up at a place up on I think the place was called Dillinger's on Highway 65 up in north of God, north of Crystal right. yeah yeah I, yeah, I know Fridley, I, I know that yep. north of Fridley Fridley I think or something. it is I don't yeah. know <laughs> excuse me anyway I went in and uh and here's this band, and it's Eddie Brown on bass, who was married to one of the Supremes, and he's a monster. And I went in, and I'm like, oh, shit, this guy, I'm taking this guy's gig. <laughs> and, because uh, I was okay, but but um, he was really, really something. And um, anyway, I, I went up to the band leader at break, and he goes, oh, you showed up. You, you cared enough to show up. You got the gig. <laughs> and I'm like, so this is the audition? And he goes, well, yeah. He says, you know, come over and play at the apartment in the next another week or so, and we'll we'll make it final and I said okay so I did and, and uh, I walked in and that's where I met your mom Faith was at that audition in the oh, little Canada and, uh, really so what can, so what happened you just walked in and did your eyes meet no, and you're like Ooh. I w- you know that that would have been very fairy fairy tale um, we we went in we auditioned or I, I auditioned and and kind of killed it and of course <laughs> God, you she's are, like, wow, so that humble. guy. If yeah. you could have seen his face after he yeah, said yeah. Kind of killed it. Killed it. Because <laughs> he just like fell apart afterward. Like, oh my God, I just went so far out of, outside of Minnesota. Like, I can't say something nice about myself like but that. But you can. Classic you can. Minnesotan. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I, the audition happened and the band was pretty lousy. I mean, to be honest, it was not a good band. Uh, the wow. band leader was... was um, Lack of a better word, lazy. Uh-huh. Not, not sure. you know, there was nothing new happening. The songs, the song list was ten years old, if not older, and he had no interest in in doing anything. But it was a paying gig, and I was like, I want to work. I got a my brother John was in a band called the Wolverines, and also Distilistics, with led by Ted Unseth, and uh, he actually played Jimmy Carter's inauguration when they oh. were the Wolverines. They were a classic jazz orchestra here, and I don't know if you guys remember them or not. I, I but do not. Not at all. They had a couple of records out. Anyway, um, where they awesome. played trombone, but I was also raised to, to go, you got to pay your dues. you got to work. And, yep. and you can't you can't expect anything. No matter how good you are, you can't expect anything to be given to you. So Can I, I, said, I interrupt okay, this you is there mine. for a second? <laughs> I think that that's probably like the best advice you've ever given me oh. as like a musician. Mm-hmm. Like, you just and that, like he'd say, double double patience. You don't just get it. It's not just doesn't fall in your lap. You no, have to, it doesn't. You have to work. You do have to work. Otherwise, how can you possibly appreciate like the fruits of your labor? Because if there's no labor, what is it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, oh. I just wanted to say that. Where was I? Uh, Pay your dues. Oh, pay your dues. So anyway, I, I took this. <laughs> hey. So as as rehearsal ended, I uh, walked out to the car with Joanne, who is beautiful singer, and um, mm-hmm. I looked at her and I said, "Look, are you? Do you drive to all the gigs? Because we were playing like here on South Dakota and Billings, Montana. These were, you know, we'd oh. play there for a week or two and then we'd go to the next place. And uh, I said, because I I don't think I can ride with Dave or Mary. 
band leader or his wife who ran sound and sang background vocals. It's putting it nicely. Um, <laughs> I know. So I love it. Uh, anyway, the dark um, side of Paul. So we started traveling together, you know, on and off. And, Wait, didn't and she say, then, "Well, uh, can you drive a stick?" And you were like, "No." Yeah, she said, "Do you smoke?" And I said, "Yes." And oh. she goes, "Okay, that's that's fine." <laughs> and then she said, "Can you drive a stick?" And I said, "No, but I can learn." Yeah, and she, yeah. so she taught Resource me how to fault. taught me how to drive a stick. Mm-hmm. And I, I Sorry, I just think that's a cute detail. So it, it was so cute. It, it is. <laughs> and you have a stick in your. Car. And now I know how to drive a stick. <laughs> so we we yeah, ended up uh, after you know five <laughs> six weeks of working together and and hanging out. We didn't date. We just worked together, and we got to know each other on a pretty real level, like see at your best on and worst, kind of all within twenty four hours. So it was. Yeah. Kind of this non, no bullshit. There was just, no pressure either. There was no pressure. Just, yeah. No, we were just having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really, we traveling and, and a lot of laughs and uh, a lot of miles. We traveled a lot of miles. We ended up um, playing out quite a bit out west and uh, found ourselves in Ontario, Oregon af- after a New Year's Eve gig with no nothing booked and no prospects and no agent and very little money in our pockets. So the band leader decided, oh, I know this guy in Phoenix. So well, let's, let's all drive to Phoenix and we'll go audition for this guy and maybe he can get us a gig. <laughs> so he left and, le- and had all our gear, had all our money, all our gear, so we had to follow. We didn't really have a choice. We had to go get our stuff. We ended up in Phoenix for a week getting kicked out of a mo- crappy Motel 6 every day because we didn't have any money. And uh, the agent would give us sustenance to 10 bucks a day to go eat and pay our <laughs> hotel bill to, you know, we'd get kicked out every day and we'd, he'd have to repay it. Um, we ended up auditioning for this guy at some Marriott in Scottsdale and he owned a club in Canada. And so we said, okay, that's, that's, that's great. And it's three, that's a three month gig. And we started going, well, three months. That's, that's pretty great. That's steady work. We can take care of our bills. And it was in Inuvik in the Northwest territories. <laughs> so we went, we, flew, we drove, I, I would love that. We drove to Edmonton from Phoenix to Edmonton in a couple of days and took a flight. And we ended up at the end of the road and where Ice Road Truckers is filmed. Yeah. And wow. um, we spent, we were there for three months and then we got extended for another month. And when we got extended, it was not approved by the band and I quit. I just said, when we're, when we're out of here, I'll do whatever, but when we're out of here, I'm done. And, uh, and so we finished, it was six months later. We ended up, wow. we got there, it was 24 hours of darkness. Left, it was 24 hours of light and 95 yep. degrees. It was just this extreme super cool experience I yeah. romanticize it now and go wasn't it great and it was like no we couldn't really really couldn't wait to get out of there you know and I was just having a conversation with someone last night actually around the, you know talking about that time period and w- there were some younger folks there and it was like yeah I mean it, during those days I mean it's funny to say now but you know you're just on your own there's no cell phone yeah. there's I don't know if you had credit cards or not but you know like back in my day you know it was like you just have no cash. money you have no you just money. have cash yeah. and you're, yep. and you're just like hmm like a little bit softer too though like people didn't like nowadays if you don't have your credit card on you or you don't have a cell phone people are like well what the fuck's wrong well with you, you can't like you wh- can't maneuver without right, but, either but one. back then you just walk up to people and be like can i use your phone and be like yeah sure come on yeah. in because 
That was the only other way. That, that was the, the way, way it got done. Yeah, do you mind faithful. if I make a yeah, long distance call? Yeah. You know, I'll give you, I'll give you some change. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, sure, no problem. Right. Or, that, we had a road atlas. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That, was a, that was a Rand big, McNally yep. or whatever it is. And, good old and atlas. Spent, traveled many miles. Um, so that was that was to like God gets us to like 1982. Anyway, we ended up back in Minneapolis, and I I took a gig. Uh, we stayed here for six months and tried to start our own band, and didn't have the right people involved um, to to sustain it to become a working band. And things were changing really fast. Um, MTV had just started. Everything was like kind of exploding in the music business, so nobody really knew what to do. Um, and we could see this kind of thing falling apart. You know, the music business kind of live performing as a working musician kind of starting to to fail. Anyway, I got a call six months later. I got a call from a friend of mine in Boston and said, hey, I have a gig. You know, Here's the money. It's good. It's a great band. I rode out there with them. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they had an old ambulance. They were from here. We were friends from here. They had an old ambulance. And um, we had... Uh, JBL double scoop 15s in the back two of them they're <laughs> like four feet tall by six feet deep and they're massive anyway there were three of us in this van those took up the entire back end so one of us would get kind of spelunk our way into the top area between the roof of the van and it was the most hair raising experience <laughs> you know the longest three days ever perhaps and that's where you're riding that's where we rode we took turns oh boy windshield wipers didn't work we had to stop oh. and buy potatoes cut them in half wipe them on the windshield to get <laughs> it was pretty awesome actually that so, is so wow. awesome. a little tip right. yeah. there's my travel tip for the day <laughs> I, the, the old days were funny the vehicles that that passed as a working vehicle but yes um, Faith is back. We we're gonna Hi. take just a, a short break. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. Let everyone just regroup here. Uh, now that here. you got back. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. We'll All right. Be back. Thanks. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. All right, all right, all right. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what isn't? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeling service, residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with a purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consolation. God, I just like that. That one. All right, that one is definitely not going to be mine. That could be oh, my favorite. I could Brought to you by the Andalin app. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin. Uh. Andalin now available on the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Want to go on a wilderness adventure with Sam? Or maybe know a group of kids who could benefit from a break from their electronics? Maybe you just need a break from the kids. Visit earthed.org for more information about how to get started. Do you have an idea? 
that you know deserves a digital solution, finding a partner to help navigate the digital design and application building process can be daunting. Mobile Composer, in partnership with Kinetic Legacy, offers forward-thinking design built on a stable and adaptable compliance platform. Visit mcomposer.com or kineticlegacy.us to get started building the solutions of tomorrow. Enterprise or consumer together, Mobile Composer and Kinetic Legacy offer solutions that work in a language you can understand. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. All right, um, I'm going to take it. We are back for the second half. Uh, Again, thank you, listeners, all of that. But we really want to give a shout-out to, um, not to dismiss the listeners. We really do appreciate you. I didn't mean to slide by you so fast. But uh, we want to give a shout-out to the Hewing. We are on the main level. We are in the lobby. We're in the lobby. We've got people all around us. We're getting these looks like... uh, Who who do these people think they are? Meaning us three? No. I think when they're looking at us, they're like... Definitely not famous. Definitely not famous. No, you know, <laughs> I think they're looking at it. your cord management. <laughs> it's quite impressive. Maybe that could player. be the picture, the cover for the, the yeah. podcast, right? That yeah. could, Hot that, mess. That could be nice. Yeah. Hot mess cord management. Hot mess. Uh, the Hewing. So it's a wonderful place, a hotel. We're right here uh, in Minneapolis. We're like I have some ownership in it or something. Um, the Hewing yes. is right here in Minneapolis, and it's a great spot so come on down and we're with faith and paul boblet faith is uh paul's daughter and And a former guest twice guest oh she did come in a couple of times and laid down a track as they say yeah in Uh, studio in studio yep yeah laid them down uh she actually faith you you gave us two songs if i'm not mistaken i did give you two which dan israel the other day uh, outdid you he gave us three well, just got to put it oops. out there that means she has to come back in I'll, so I'll lena elizabeth or lena elizabeth i forget I, lena lena uh-huh. gave us one you did two now we got three so what does that say for the next person coming in they better just do a whole live album right <laughs> right <in studio. laughs> oh my god nothing would make jim more happy that's true yeah i, I did put the pressure on dan <laughs> i said come on dan you can do one more <laughs> <laughs> you got it in you he's got a he's got a million of them uh, he, yeah, yeah he does oh he's got enough yes. songs that's yeah. for sure yeah yeah yep. so welcome you two uh we're back to the conversation all that so i'm gonna segue yes. this yep. second yes. half uh paul so we're gonna punch it into current stuff that you're doing and um, I don't know where to begin but you've got your Led Zeppelin you've got the XTC you've got the newspaper and you're on the board of the Minnesota Music Coalition yep okay a lot so, going on so what do you want to t- let's talk about XTC okay because I'm I'm a huge fan and and I have not seen that that you know your XTC where have cover you been band. I you know what dad I'm with Sam all the time, and and, and I'm very it's Sam's uncultured. Fault. Yeah. yeah, I mean I, we're I just we're just in the ground. I live under a rock. Well, I have three children. What am I? Supposed but a, to do? but actually, no. I would love to see, and I haven't seen them, but I would love to. So um, seeing you guys well, to I'll, the XDC. So I'll. Uh, it's a. This next year will be year number eight. Um, That's crazy. It, it is crazy. Uh, it's the 
probably the best band. Yeah. Le- the no level doubt. of musicianship that's in this band. I think that's half the crowd comes to see that mm. because yeah. it's just it's kind of stunning. The, the music is really hard. The um, it's done pretty impeccably. We're we're very true to the spirit of it. We may not nail everything, but it's not it just it's not there to be nailed anymore. We kind of went through that phase of, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of more about attitude and about the spirit of it and about playing as a playing as a band and backing the singers and and uh, anyway, it's a it's a really fun. Um, event that started in uh, I think the first one I started we were it was a, the subject of a group chat on messenger or something like that we were all kind of going back and forth <laughs> it was a bunch of us Rick Meyer and Matt Kirkwald and and uh, a, a whole crew of us talking wouldn't it be cool wouldn't it be cool if, if you know if we did this or if someone someone would do this and I Ken Chastain, who's an amazing musician here in town, who works right up block over that way at Pixel Farm, um, he says I was the one crazy enough to grab the ball. And um, so I started organizing this whole thing in 2011 and um, into, 20, into the December of 2011 and got into, got into the spring. No. Yeah, yeah. It was, into the, it was kind of working it into spring. It was mom was sick. No, because it was originally... Let me here. Let me let okay. me go. So, <laughs> no. it, it was. I got kind of got it all together and had a whole bunch of bodies lined up to to do this and was had a venue at, at Ice House and um, Brian over there was excited about it and I was super excited about it because it was just this crazy idea and it was this big kind of mountain of music to to move and um, then uh, my wife Joanne um, got ill with cancer. She had stage three fallopian cancer. And I uh, was diagnosed and, and went through a um, huge surgery uh, and, and subsequent chemotherapy recovery after that for, it was about a year it took to kind of get through that issue, process yeah. and, uh, and was doing great again. So we kind of said, okay, now I'm going to pick this back up. But instead of doing it just for for-profit, let's do it for a reason and let's do it for cancer patients and so I got connected with a gal whose name is Michelle Mori with the Pay It Forward Fund through Ridgeview uh, Health here in the cities and uh, she does a massive casino night where they raise you know $450,000 right. in one night it's, poof. Uh, it's a lot of money uh, to generate um, and a lot of work um, anyway I got connected with her and, and kind of decided that that was the, the way to do it so that kind of became the the goal of the event was to play this incredible music, bring people together that way, and then you know if we can raise a few bucks for this cause, it's well worthy. Help they help pay cancer patients' bills, um, you know, one-time cash assistance to basic living expenses, rent, groceries, car, water bill, water bill. That's how it started. Was a water bill was uh, with Michelle, and uh, um, anyway, it became this this great cause and very worthy and and um it was successful i think the first year we raised about 1500 bucks and i was really proud of that i thought boy that's cool you know we had, we did pretty well we had we got some bodies into ice house to hear some really strange music and next year grew next year grew after that um and then uh uh talked to sonia at first avenue and they because the the stage at ice house was super challenging 
small and had a big band, 15 people at, at one time during times of the show. 15, is that what you said? Yeah, we had multiple singers, horn players, multiple guitar yeah. players. It was just a big, it's a big thing. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a great big thing. Yeah. And, uh, and we made it work. Um, but anyway, we, we then we decided to move it to the Turf Club, and, and uh, both Brian at Ice House was very awesome to work with, and, and uh, James and Nate and... Uh, uh, everybody at First Avenue, Sonia has been terrific. It's been, and it's now we're heading into our eighth year. We've raised over twenty-five thousand dollars for this, uh, and that's um, great. yeah, it's an awesome. It's a really awesome. People, the musicians, uh, all uh, donate their time. Um, uh, there's some expenses that that we incur, but it's pretty minimal in yep. the grand scheme of things. So we've been really fortunate. The last three years have been fifth, over five thousand dollars each as far as a donation. We have put donation cans out, and we we do like one hard ask from the stage for money, yep. and you know, it's it's all about the you music. Have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it's we tried Fair doing enough. an auction one year, and it was, and it was great. It, it didn't for the amount of work that mm-hmm. it took to get it together. We had Andy Partridge sign some things, and somebody got in, and this guy Bill McLeslie uh, sent a bunch of stuff over, and Andy signed and doodled on the posters, and signed a bunch of seven-inch singles and stuff, stuff like that, and that stuff went at auction. Um, but that was a, it was a lot of work and it kind of broke up the gig too much. So we kind of went back to just the music and it's a hell of a party. I, I really encourage anybody to come. The, the, the cause is an awesome one and the music is phenomenal. We've had Aaron has sung at that, um, a couple of times, um, uh, who, who Faith has sung, who else? I'm like drawing a blank. Wendy Lewis. Wendy Lewis. Um, John Munson. Munson. John uh, Eller. Eller. Uh, Johnny Eller, yeah. There's uh, Noah Levy's in the band, Matt Kirkwald, Chris Beatty, uh, Pete Sands, um, uh, Billy Thomas, who's now touring the country with Hairballs, been one of the drummers. Uh, oh, this guy, John. Ball. We've reached out to Happy. Happy, Happy yeah. yeah. He'd be a great story. Yeah. 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 Love to have him come yeah. in. Yeah. Um, the 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 band Ken Chastain um, uh, Faith has sung backgrounds a few last well since day one, um, but it's been a rotating cast of singers and it's been awesome. We've had just such fun, and it's a night that uh, that people come together and celebrate a great cause through great music. and And this last one was really special to me. I don't, I don't know why. It just seems like every year, how can we top that? How can we top that? And, you know, we somehow we feel like we do. And right. whether we actually do or not, I don't know, but it feels like it. Anyway. I think the energy of everybody that's in that band, because in the last couple of years especially, it's so exciting. Like, the, we do a rehearsal or two, yeah. and everyone's uh, so excited to be back doing it again. And, and it's just, like, yeah, so Yeah, I think much because, we, because it happens once a year, yeah, and, and it's it is, it's a mountain of music. I tell you, that learning yeah. that stuff is really... It's not for the meek. <laughs> it's uh, so layered. It's so many layers, yeah. so many impossibly hard guitar parts, so many really strange, obtuse, simple on the surface, but incredibly funky bass parts and drum patterns and all the weirdness of the angularity. Uh, I think it was Kirkwald said... Uh, he said the music is uh, fuck angular. That's the best way to describe the music because it's just like makes you kind of go that my neck is cricked. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's super fun. But then thanks for asking about that. It's a well, I mean, sure. it sounds very cool. I mean, I'm gonna, it, it, I'm gonna make a prediction. You know, uh, you know, this is eight months out. Something live podcast. Oh, for Ooh, sure. Oh, hey, that'd be oh, super cool. We love that. Oh. Yeah, we'll... Whatever we can do to help. Oh, that's awesome. I, I mean, yeah. it's, I mean it's, it's all good. 
That's how know? that's how people have responded to this event too. Mm-hmm. Whenever I've asked somebody to to do it, and they maybe they haven't been able to schedule wise. We had Jeremy Messersmith last year. Mm. Uh, he couldn't do it this year. Um, but they've always responded because the cause is a worthy one. And mm-hmm. once, even if somebody's not a music fan, I help some of the singers because they're like, I'm not quite sure who XTC is. I'm like, oh, I Let do. Hold on a minute. You. Let <laughs> me tell I can, you. Yeah. And I'll, I'll send a couple of songs their way and, and they'll come back and go, yeah, yeah, how did you know? And I'm like, because I, I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, this stuff you is, the, the music's well. part of the fabric of, of my being. You know? mm-hmm. I've listened right. to it so much. Right. And interesting, I'm going to tie this into Anuvik for one split oh. second, and then we can move ah, on. Ah, I love it. So when, when we went to Anuvik in When, in when you say we, you mean my, you and my mom. Jo- Joanne, my wife, my lovely bride, oh, Joanne. Sorry, yes, your and wife. the band, and I'm not even going to bring up the band's name because it was so bad. Oh, um, well, now you, <laughs> can't you just... Dasher. Oh. Dasher? As in Prancer and Vixen. Yeah, that's <laughs> Reagan that's, and yeah. all the all the presidential reindeer. Um, that's that's pretty bad. It is bad. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> the other one was good. Yeah. Yeah. Mel, Mel Breezy Band. Yeah, Mel Breezy Band, yeah. Oh, yeah. Band is fine. Mel that works. Yeah. I've actually got a. Uh, I used to keep a journal when I was touring with Sam. I am and. Uh, that that always I had we all kept journals for some we thought we were cool it was the 90s yeah. and I have all these band names written down of, of all the we kind of used to bandy about in the truck um, anyway when, so when I went fun. to Anuvik um, one of the first people we met was this dude who was dancing really strangely to me right in front of me and he and his, he and this girl came up after the set and said come over to our table and so I did and we he's turns out he was a wildlife wildland firefighter huh. and a forestry guy and he goes come on over to my apartment after the after the thing tonight I you know we'll just, we'll sit around and talk and and uh, and have some cocktails and stuff and uh, you didn't just see what I did with my hand right there but that's okay. it was it was the symbol the universal symbol for uh, something that just f- having gets fun. smoked having, the, having in, fun especially in the 70s it was the, and 80s yeah it was the early 80s kind of maybe like plus it's pretty much legal and everyone does it now so yeah, it's okay right, yeah. you're right. good yeah we don't need to be um, <laughs> right I know I know um, anyway so so we go and he's like have you ever heard of this band XTC and I'm like I have no idea who you're talking about oh funny you know have you ever heard of Thomas Dolby and, they, and the thing was they were in Canada so they caught everything a little before, even up in a wow. music and in Winnipeg, where he was from oh, Winnipeg, even up there, they were getting music faster than new music and cool music faster than we could anywhere in the States, unless you were maybe in New York or L.A., but um, yeah, he played Melt the Guns for me, he played Scissor Man, all these crazy, crazy things, and my mind was just blown. Because it was and so different It was anything. so different. Yeah. It was, you know, yeah, we were playing just crappy music at the bar to the same 30 songs for... A while. Anyway, we can we can move on from Anuvik, but that was my that was the first time That's I ever really heard. interesting. And I ended up coming back from Anuvik and flew out to New York after a couple of weeks of being here in Minneapolis. And and a friend of mine out there goes, he had that world it was a music and rhythm record with Peter Gabriel and Laurie Anderson. There was also mm. really great, cool new music on there, uh, um, African music, and and they had uh, it's nearly Africa by XTC on that. And he played that for me. And I was just like, that's XTC. And he's like, yeah, yeah. It's, so it was just this whole. Right. My world kind of came together. I, you know, we were talking with Aaron about this too. Like back in the day, I mean, how did you, how do you find new, new sounds? You yeah. know, the internet wasn't, you 
know what I mean? Friends, it, it, word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. Going record, to record stores. Store, taking a chance. Yep. Having a friend something. at a record store was was like my number one thing. It was like, you know, I'd walk into the wax dating museum. Dating a girl at the record store? <laughs> having a friend at the... Did you dating? say dating? I said dating. Dating didn't a girl. did you say you dated a girl? No, I didn't date oh, a girl. I'm just asking. I said having a friend at... It. Mm. It, girls didn't work at record stores. Oh, okay. Not the ones God, I... they do in the movies. So, so talking about record stores, <laughs> I, so, for some reason, I was, I was, it was late last night. I had a little insomnia and uh, I opened my YouTube and, or whatever. Or and, and the homepage my YouTube and uh, my YouTube and it's on an the app. homepage was this thing called what's, what's in my bag and it was Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses oh, the bass player and yeah. I, I've always kind of liked him he was yeah. like my he was like my favorite part of the band because he was like a rocker guy yep. and he was a musician and he could play and he was you know just kind of had the right attitude anyway it was the, the segment was called what's in my bag and he went to Amoeba Records and I think that's in LA maybe I don't know I, I think anyway, so yeah uh, they, he after shopping for 10 minutes they said what's in your bag and he pulled out Pat Trevor talking about talking about finding new music right and he reiterated how he went in and he found the the Pat Travers record I think it was his first record and it's the cover he bought it because of the cover because it just huh. looked right yeah it's him playing guitar in this record executive's right. office and then you flip it over and everything's blown up in the office and they got smoke coming out of the record exec's ears and it's this but he said I bought it because of that you wow know? Like, I bought a lot of albums because of James it looked Elliot. cool you know I was like huh this looks or it looks interesting yes you know and yes yeah. Roger Dean, the artist, did all their stuff. That was so cool. Right. It was a, it was a way to get me yeah. into that. And you'd, you'd be in the record store and you'd be looking at it, and then my friend Vic, who worked at the record store, would be like, that's an album. you got to get that one. <laughs> you know? I'd be like, okay. But you couldn't play it. Like, he, he you know, they'd play some albums, but, mm-hmm. you know, that was the day that, you know, you can't just like, oh, what's it sound like? You know, you don't open it up and put it. You're just buying it yep. on yeah. chance. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't exist anymore very much. No. no. But neither really does really changed. finding really great new... It's hard to find hard, a yeah. new sound. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a fantastic resource here in the Twin Cities, and that is The Current, which uh, yeah. can be streamed anywhere in the country. Absolutely. If you are If you are a fan of finding... New new music. That's actually how I found Faith. Faith. Was that right? I heard her song. I liked her song a lot. And then you know, at the end of them playing the song, I said, "That's another local artist, Faith Boblet." And I found you on Facebook and yep, yep, reached yep, yep. out. And the next thing I know, she's in the studio. <laughs> you know, Faith, I guess how do you how do you find you know how do you guys your you and your well, friends I'm share like, new music or find? I guess that's the question. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to answer it because it's actually what's killing music in a way. Right. Is Spotify, hmm. Apple Music, some yeah. of the streaming services. It's like the new way, like getting on playlists. Well, not just getting on playlists, but like listening to recommended playlists and their algorithms. I don't know. I found a lot of stuff like that. But every once in a while, and hear me out, world, I will go listen to some Top 40 because every once in a while, they're still a gem in Oh, yeah, for sure. sure. So yeah. It's like, I, get I it. feel like I got, for a while, it was like, screw that. I'm better than that. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> no one is. So, I don't know. So yeah, radio, the current, Spotify, or friends. Like yeah, my best friend and I will text back and forth with like new songs that we usually find on Spotify. But whatever, it's fine. But we don't get paid very much. Artists from that's what we. Services. Dan Israel was talking about that, that same sucks. thing too. Yeah, part yep. of it sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. And who knows? Maybe that I don't foresee that changing, but. I think it's gonna, I, you know, I don't know. It's, no one's getting paid these days. No, it's like for anything. Well, and that's Which why it, I, it's unsustainable. Like exactly. We, you can't have a bunch of, 
you can't have nice things if you're not going to pay for them. So if right. we want good music, someone's got to pay the musician sure. something. It doesn't, yeah. you, like you said, back in the 70s, you could at least survive yeah. being just a working musician. Like, you didn't even have to be good. You just had to be, you just had to show up. You just had to be just show up and serviceable. Because yeah. it was a job. Yeah, it was a and job. And you were working. Yep. And, and you'd get paid something for it, enough to live. Yeah, that's just not, it's... I don't know what we're going to do if we can't figure out how to at least give people a sustainable living for doing things that we appreciate and enjoy. You know, it's got to happen. I think it's just Soapbox. side hustle. Yeah. Honestly, which sucks. And that's why I'm in dental hygiene school, because I want to make money, because I like to buy Levi's like at food. Target. You like to buy groceries. Levi's at yeah. Target now, just FYI. <laughs> I know. I, I love Levi's. Me too. But I want to I haven't buy, worn a pair of Levi's in oh, I can't just, just go buy those willy-nilly if I'm <laughs> playing a show at a venue for a hundred bucks and pay my band. Like. But if you had your druthers, you would be doing this full-time. If I, Music. I think so. But I, I also think burnout is real, too. Mm-hmm. And I think all your eggs in one basket is like scary I don't know you're being practical about it I try I'm very I'm like okay we're gonna go here for a second I'm a Pisces Mm. so I'm totally a dreamer but my rising is a Virgo which is very type A and my dad can speak to the fact that I'm extremely type A yes but I'm also a total procrastinator which is my Pisces anyhow What? Carpe manana. Yeah. That's what we used to say. It was like, carpe manana. Uh, but yeah, nice. I don't know. Good mix. I think it's different for everybody. And every sure. artist is different and what they can handle and are willing to take on in terms of like sacrifice. Clearly. Living in a shoebox. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to live in a nice apartment and pay for it myself. And I'm not going to be able to do that doing music, at least not at yet. the level that I do it now. Right. And I don't know if touring is for me, and that's how a lot of artists make their money now, is touring and selling merch, and not from Spotify. Mm. But I did, I think I got a check, or not a check, I have direct deposit. I think I got like 25 bucks the other day. Oh, so that's from Spotify? Cool. For how many years? Well, Spotify, yeah, I <laughs> but it, it's, all, it's all in one. It's like Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, it's like, so, I don't know, maybe like three months, that's 25 bucks. That's something, <laughs> like, though. Okay. I know, I know, I, I I don't know how it works. Anyhow, sorry, I just I don't know how it works either. But I feel like I feel like if people are looking to be real disruptors in this world, they should create services like that where the money doesn't all accumulate in the hands of. Like I understand the company needs to make money too. Yeah. But the the idea that millions or billions or whatever you know all the time. Right. But but like actually spread it fairly equitably across. Mm -hmm. I think sounds good to me. Yeah. Same. I'd like that. I'm gonna, Paul. I'm gonna ask you a really hard question. This is gonna be really hard. <laughs> I doubt it. No. Yeah. Really? For hard. real? Hard. hard. We don't do hard. Uh, no, not hard. Like like serious hard. Okay. But favorite Led Zeppelin song. Oh. Well, that is a hard question. Oh. Oh. Since you yeah. are in a no, Led Zeppelin I know. cover band, you're band true. Too. I love Led Zeppelin, and so people ask me, I'm like, impossible. So yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. We, maybe we have maybe our, a few that you... Could you do I an have album? This, I, you know I have this Zeppelin tribute. Yes, yeah, that's I, why I, I brought it up. I don't want to call it a tribute band. I think it's a, right. we, we try to call it a fan band. Oh, it's not, not even a cover. I shouldn't and maybe say cover. No, but that's a cover band. That's what it is. And when are you playing next? Are you playing sometime? I'm playing at the Hook and Ladder on the 7th of September. 
Jim. So we're everybody there. Come. Jim, we're there. Everybody yeah. come, please. Yes. Definitely. Come to our They're Facebook so page. Oh, yes. I'm so the 7th of September. 7th of September, yeah. We'll make sure this is out then. 7th Thank you. Oh, for sure. Yep. Hook and Ladder, Minneapolis. Yeah. So, yeah. Come Do on, you have on. any favorites? I have a lot of favorites. Probably too many. You know, the, the standbys of, of, like, cashmere is still mm-hmm. huge. And uh, I'm a big fan of the album that nobody loves, that got no love, which was called Presence. Right. It's a weird record. Yep. It's just a really odd, it was thrown together pretty quickly, and because they couldn't tour after the physical plant got in the, rat, in the auto accident, he's singing from a wheelchair. Half the record, at least. That. He's singing from a wheelchair. This is crazy. I mean, I love that record. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Rain Song, I would have to say the Rain Song mm-hmm. is probably one of... It's their most Beatlesque, mm. most mm-hmm. poppy, pure sap, lovely strings, awesome melodies, great performances, super cool. That's, yeah. I guess I'll go with that one okay. a, for now. They're, every song is so different, but yet it's Led Zeppelin, right? Yeah. But every single song, you're like, wow. We're, we're, we struggle. The to-do list is massive. And the music, again, it's kind of lifting. It's moving mountains at times, mm-hmm. getting it together. The parts are mathy and really complicated. And somehow when you hear them by their set by themselves, it's like, oh, that's really easy to do. But wait till the guitars kick in and then wait till the drums kick in. It's like, oh, that's really not that easy to do. It's like a similar to XTC or prog rock in a way. Right. It's really requires that the gigs are very physical. <laughs> It's physical well, I can music. Imagine, right. Have you seen them live? I have. I saw them in 1977 oh, at the Met Center. They were two hours late. Oh, my God. Jim is so jealous. And, and and I'm like, and what? I'm pretty sure Bonham barfed in a bucket. Oh. We sat behind the stage. I was 15. We got a ride to the concert by my friend's mom and picked up Classic. by her, too. It was pretty awesome. She's white suburban kids going to see the British rock legends. Yeah, yeah. it was one of my first concerts. Might have been oh my, my first. I, oh, for God's sake. Like, just stop. That's just yeah. <laughs> I was I mean, really lucky. Just... I, see, I was, I was listening to this as you were talking to Lori and, and Aaron. I listened to those today, uh, some of them, and, and talking about the shows and the first concerts and things like that. I, my dad had a friend who worked for a company called Rose Productions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, would, I think they eventually turned into Shown Productions, yeah. the legendary. I remember Rose Productions. Yeah. They and and all of a sudden I asked. I'm like, he, my dad mentioned it in passing. I'm like, hey, do you think I could get tickets for to see Super Trap at the at the St. Paul Civic Center Theater? And because they were just the Bloody Well Right had just broken on the radio, yeah. and I was like a big fan of that song. And and all of a sudden the ticket comps started coming in got to see the stones twice i saw i got tear gassed at the alice cooper show i saw <laughs> fog hat probably 10 times because they were relentless tours i saw the pat drivers band three times on the on the heat in the street tour which was mind-blowing that band was so good anyway yeah i could go on do you have any of the old concert t-shirts no so uh, you have your midnight oil t-shirt on yeah yeah you walked in and i was like oh wow midnight oil they were just here last summer. Were about they? About a year ago, yeah. No, it wasn't it was last like, summer. Huh. So we I love this. 2017. 
2017. Sorry, okay. two years ago. No, I love that. Thank you. I love that. She's Thank like you. a little bit of math. I, I, like, know. I know. Okay. <laughs> it's really Apple doesn't yeah. fall Sometimes very far. Sometimes it's like a difference of like five minutes. We got yeah. here at 8.50. No, we got here at 8.45. Apple doesn't fall like, far. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, just I a side a, note. I have a friend who is, I, I mean, I think he's the most into music of any person I know. Or, you know, he's just that guy. He had a record collection his entire basement filled oh my. with records. And he, and he throws, they throw a party on the fifth Friday of every month. So, or uh, anytime there's a fifth Friday. Anytime this goes. Yeah, which, which happens, you know, once every three months or six yeah. months or whatever. It's yep. random. Well, not fully random. I get it. But, um, <laughs> so random time. How does that work? <laughs> you, I, no one could ever know in advance of these parties. It just happens. But anyway, uh, and, He's a huge. I, before I say the name of the band, I just I always wonder if he's if he's like the only person in the world or if, he, if he's like a complete genius about it. And it's Mott the Hoople. And I don't know if like not a thing for you. Not really. No. Yeah. It, it's like there's a, there's some people who love Mott the Hoople yeah. in a way that is just so incredibly cool. Yeah. They were just here. Yeah. They were. They were. They were. And, and I talked to a couple of people that went, and they said it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh, related. I I've been fortunate enough to play the Rock for Pussy concert mm-hmm. a couple of times. I didn't get to do it this last year. Schedules just didn't work out. But that uh, all the young dudes. Yeah, well, that's all that stuff. All those. It's uh, the Bowie era. tribute, right? What's that? Yeah, it's a, yeah. 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 It's, uh it's at First Ave every year, and it's and uh, that era of of rock was so amazing. And it was just every everybody was just kind of on ten, just doing their thing, and there wasn't a whole or was lot it of eleven. <laughs> oh, I like, like the, yes, yeah, that was, nice, that was a nice, that was a nice reference. Yeah, I gotta say, right in there. <laughs> just oh, when you think it's not, I know, like the co- totally non-music guy. Got I know, it. An awesome music reference. Okay, I want to, I want to segue into another thing real quick, and and that is the paper. Mm. Yeah, Paul, uh, can you can you kind of talk about um, how you wait. got involved with? Can I just? Oh yeah, yeah, get well, in there. I thought it was really funny when I came back to do the songs and we talked about, or wait, was it an email? I can't remember, but somehow it was like, yeah. oh, we emailed the local paper. <laughs> we're, this is the outing and, and didn't know, but it's your dad. I was like, oh, I totally thought I told you. <laughs> and so, maybe you had, but I don't remember anything I know, I, I probably yeah. didn't. Yeah. My yeah. brain, I was so nervous. I, I don't think you did mention it. Though. I so after, did. For our listeners, after Faith was in on our show, I thought it would be a kind gesture to uh, email her local newspaper from a small town in rural Minnesota that she grew up in and just say, hey, just want to let you know that one of your one of your hometown gals one was of on the show. Heroes. Yeah, one of your She's own was on the show. And, and the message I got back was uh, it, it was uh, aquatic mayhem. You know, yeah, that, that was, was the, that was her color. Yep, and <laughs> it was. Uh, this is Paul Boblet, her father. Yeah, I already listened to it. Thanks a lot for reaching out. It was so cute. Now we got Paul on here. So. And then, and then from there, it, every other guest is like, "Oh yeah, I know Paul. I, I know, know Paul. It's, it really you know, you kicked off this yet? whole 
odd thing. Right. It's six degrees. What did I call it? The, the six degrees, six degrees yeah, of separation. Whole, when you yeah. get older, it could be 60 degrees. It could be. You know? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Okay, sorry. So I interrupted. But yeah, yeah. the paper. So, uh, so when, when Joanne and I moved the kids up north in 2002, we moved Which to a small... Which was traumatic. I'm sure for them. Oh, it's terrible. It's awesome for I'm us. sure you lived a terrible uh, life. We moved from... We had, a, we had a nice little house in Fridley, and the, the schools were... You know, things were not getting... Referendums weren't getting passed. It was, you know, it was whatever. Politics. Um, and so we moved up north thinking things would be a little simpler. So we moved, and we ended up at an at old family property and renovated the house And after we sold our house here. And um, I worked as a carpenter. It was when I quit music and kind of worked as a carpenter, moved up there and swung a hammer for a couple of years, um, and then realized that we needed to, I needed to have my own business in order to make enough money to survive because there just isn't enough money. You can't pay people a living wage up there. It's, it's impossible. Um, there's just not enough money. Um, but had a through a, another business venture that was great and, and very successful and then safety concerns about being up on ladders 25 to 30 feet in the air yeah. by myself out in the middle of nowhere at a, at a big house Hate um, kind of changed it's the attitude and then we kind of looked and looked and we, came, <laughs> we got very politically involved with the community with the school and what we realized is that there was a um, I don't want to say I'll lean into it a little bit and say there was some misinformation being put out by a, a by a newspaper. There was another there was paper in the area, need. or there was a paper in the area that was basically putting things in about the school and about the community that just things that weren't true. And we knew them not to be true because we were going to these meetings and and uh, we had we had no newspaper experience at all. But I became a fierce letter writer. And um, we kind of developed a passion, and we did a business model, and we went, hey, this might be the business for us. We, we, could, we can do this. And we were in the black. We took out a small loan, put a business plan together, got a, got a loan. Um, we were in the black the first year without paying the loan back. Let's put it that way. We knew, sure. But we knew we were on to sure. something. It's a, it's a weekly community newspaper uh, from, uh, we, are we service outing to Cross Lake, to Manhattan Beach, 50 Lakes, Emily, uh, parts of Merrifield, parts of Pine River. Um, our main area is Emily Outing and Cross Lake. That's our, our big service area. That's our advertising base. Sure. Is the businesses in those area in that area? Um, we do beat reporting, city news, uh, community event coverage. Um, we used to cover a lot of high school sports. We're in the middle of three school districts: Pine River, not, not even including Pine River Backus. There's four: Pine River Backus, uh, Pequot Lakes, Crosby, and Northland, which was the kid school that our kids went to for a while up there. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, we decided to pull doing prep sports because it makes us no money and it's a lot of work and it just didn't we were duplicating like getting coaches to send it was hard it was hard it's just a hard it's a it's a very noble i i look at it i i feel really proud we've been in business for 15 years that we've done some i want to i want to think that we've helped communities i know there's some things that we've missed that that we feel bad about and i'll take that to the grave whatever it's a it's part of the deal part of the life experience but um we feel pretty proud of of what we've done and we're proud of what we've built and and um 
we continue doing it. It's my wife, Joanna. She's the publisher. I'm the editor, and I sell all the ads. Uh, last couple of weeks, our designer was out uh, with a health issue, and so I did graphic design as kind of chief cook and bottle washer. Yeah. yeah. When you, yeah. you know, the economy, we had employees, we had a we had a growing business, and then the economy tanked, and we had some probably five employees, I think. And we went from that to basically being a three-headed operation. We had to let people go, uh, some on purpose, some because from financial to financial decision that we just couldn't keep them on. It was really sad. Yeah. It was really hard. One of the hardest things we've had to do is let people go because we couldn't generate enough money with our business to keep them employed. it's, it's but you've fun. honed in. You, it's we've, really honed in right yeah, now. After this time, you have all this experience so, now. And, yeah. uh, and I run a business, so I totally understand you know, how, how disappointing it is on a personal level to have to let I wish we go. could. Our, I wish, wish we could our, mm. pay our employees you know, mm-hmm. to the right. moon. Yeah. I mean, because mm-hmm. they do so much for us, mm-hmm. and we so appreciate it, but it's, it's just not reality. Mm. So anyway. Yep. Well, I was going to say, uh, this has been really fun. Mm-hmm. Both of you, and we're going to get you out of here so you can go sing in a little bit. Oh, well. Get a sound check. Get ready for your Faith. show. Well, both of you are going to be up there yeah. Yeah. musicianing mm-hmm. yes. in one way or another. But uh, from... <laughs> Say that again. Take it back. Can Say that again. That? Yeah. <laughs> That's me rewinding. <laughs> we're going to go have some fun up there. <laughs> yep. Uh, you've got a you've got a guy to flirt with here, too. So yeah, oh we'll let gosh. you get at that. Mm. Uh, you didn't hear that, but um, I totally did. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is he? Which one is he? I'm not talking about it right now. <laughs> He's turning around. Um, so, so from from high school dropout to uh, <laughs> right, to isn't that crazy? Audio engineering school dropout to you know living in the far north to uh, putting together tribute bands that that. Are extremely complicated. Right. Extremely well, complicated and layered. actually serve a purpose and do some good in this world. Raise to, money. Mm-hmm. Yep. To uh, spreading what you know to be the truth in, in a small <laughs> community right. up that's, north. That's tough. Yep. That could be a tough thing. This is a complicated time right now. And I live in a very conservative area. So yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's just a, it's but it is so important. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, and that's a loss. That, that's a, becoming a loss sort of I, art, I mean everything's you know, being lost actual but it's being refound it's being Sorry. refound yeah, yeah. Right. Right. It, it's being refound because it's, we can't live in a world refound. where these things don't exist right. we can't right. we can't live in a world where we don't have long conversations mm-hmm. and get to know people and yeah. that's why we're doing this so I want to thank you guys for having yeah. me yeah and I just want to say yeah. too that I am just so proud of where I come from in both my mom and dad and I just it makes me want to cry just like hearing all these stories i've heard most of them before but it's just yeah getting to know people that you don't know and getting to know people that you do exactly right. yeah yep. right you know? yep well so. well, well this should is be not very the proud end of, of what this. you've done Paul. Right. It's oh been, thank you well yep. i i you know legacy you i know? gotta thank joanne because yes, she's definitely Mama. sassy angel made me the person that i can am, we get her in you know? to the podcast <laughs> i don't think so yeah, she's very. It's not we, for everybody. Not no, it's thing. not. That's okay. We've it's been really together not. 37 years. Yeah. We might be. We might be able to do it together. Yeah. yeah maybe that's a thing. She's well, she's here in spirit in a way. Yeah, that, yeah I mean, she absolutely that, is. Yeah, I, you know, I stopped worrying about it when people say they really don't want to do 
do it. It's okay. It's totally okay. It's I really understand okay. not everyone wants to sit here and talk, but I had no idea what so to expect, much. honestly. So yeah, I was well, kind of yeah. nervous about it, but I you did great. You oh, thanks. And if you can't tell from the background noise, um, happy hour is full on. And there's a lot of wedding parties here. I noticed that. Thanks for listening. Thank you to both Paul and Thank you guys so much. do this again sometime. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. Mm-hmm.